Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Making Strides podcast. I'm your co-host, Stephanie Flippin, and I'm here with my other co-host, Carolyn Sue. Welcome back, everyone. (laughs) Yay. Carolyn, how are you doing this week? Well, it is officially the second week of school. And so I think all the adrenaline and caffeine from last week has crashed. Mm. (laughs) And this week has just been like, I feel like we're flying by the seat of our pants here. And uh, we are also well in the teenage life Mm. stage. Uh, My daughter, Chloe is 13. And oh, man, I had just shared a little bit in my Instagram stories last night about Mm -hmm. things before I became a parent, you know, things that I said to myself, oh, I would (laughs) never, you know, (laughs) and I truly thought I would never have one like the mother daughter relationship Mm. that you see often portrayed in, in movies or TV shows, you know, like you're yelling at each other and it's just emotionally exhausting, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, not that Chloe and I are at the yelling at each other part, but there's Mm -hmm. definitely been a lot of yelling. (laughs) (laughs) There's been a lot of very intense emotions. Mm. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's been, it's been a a ride mm-hmm. <laughs> learning how to parent, you know, mm. and how to respond and just how to manage um, my own emotions and to sure. kind of take a step back and remember, mm-hmm. you know, at their life stage as a teenager, like middle school is just a really awkward, it really is. awkward, Gosh, I know, overwhelming, right. And like mm-hmm. stressful time yes. of mm-hmm. life, Yeah, but also, you know, their brain developments are like, mm-hmm that part the what is it called the amygdala is amygdala yeah yeah right is like mm-hmm. fully forming so they're feeling mm-hmm. all these feelings mm-hmm. and their prefrontal cortex right is not developing at that same rate and so they mm-hmm. don't have the like logic i guess to reason yeah, to make decisions out, yeah right mm-hmm. yeah. and so it's just uh yeah it's <laughs> that's well we've had a rough morning I just mm, I just say and so I feel mm-hmm. like even though it's 2 p.m here right now mm-hmm. I feel like I'm still winding mm. down from oh. like trying to de-escalate myself sure. <laughs> from yeah. things so that's well, how I am doing <laughs> well in in this it's such a different world too right like when you and I were Chloe's age we didn't have social media oh I my mean, goodness right mm-hmm. I mean i was on MySpace like oh briefly my in high school. <laughs> um, but then like, you know, even to get on Facebook, like um, you still had to have a university or like collegiate um, email address to even set up an account. Things are just so different now. I feel like I remember feeling the weight of the world at that age. And I still mm-hmm. very much like mm-hmm. feel that that's like a topic I've been going through um, quite a bit with my sports psych, um, our wonderful friend, um, Emily Saul, and um, just like the ability to like zoom out and like zoom in and just toggling between that um, and understanding that like my ability to zoom in and zoom out has functioned as a strength of mine for a long time. Um, but it it can be really overwhelming. Like sometimes like I try to go to bed at night and I'm like, how can I sleep when there are like 
kill shelters out there. And then I'm like thinking of doing the math and I'm like, how many dogs are being, you know, and then I like just find myself like like spiraling (laughs) sometimes, but uh, just using that as an example, because like, I really can't imagine being like 13 years old and feeling that type of like weight of the world in terms of like, there's all these apps now, there's TikTok, there's Instagram, like there's all these other apps that I'm not even familiar with anymore (laughs) because I'm aging. Um, (laughs) You know, so I can only imagine how challenging it is to be um, a teenager in this day and age. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chloe's not even on um, TikTok or mm-hmm. whatever other. I think she's on Snap. Snapchat. Um, that's what I was yeah. trying to think of. Yeah. Gotcha. They just call it Snap now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, just I think seeing seeing my daughter uh, try to navigate and figure out life Mm -hmm. and understand Mm -hmm. her own Mm. identity, like her, herself, you know, it's honestly very, it's also, it's a good reminder, I think Mm -hmm. um, for me as an adult in recognizing the importance of, of just Mm self-awareness and, Mm. and having safe spaces to communicate the -hmm. importance of expressing your emotions, because Mm -hmm. if you hold it in, it will come out whether Mm -hmm. in healthy ways or unhealthy ways, you know? Yeah. Uh, Just all these different aspects of just being a human. Mm, Yeah. That I think maybe many of us in older generations, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe we didn't have, you know, around us. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm just trying to like, okay, how can I (laughs) be there for her, but also make sure like, make sure I'm keeping myself in check. And (laughs) well, yeah. And I think, I think this is a great segue into sort of like our overarching theme that we wanted to talk about today. Um, Again, for our listeners, this is our sixth episode of making strides. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, We're trying to get more into a pattern of things um, and and get um, the episodes to be a little bit more regular, but we appreciate everyone bearing with us as Carolyn and I have been navigating an extremely busy year. Um, But yeah, I, I just, all the things you just mentioned um, about sort of navigating um, being 13 years old um, and, and raising Chloe um, is Another thing that we were talking about, about this sort of like invisible burden um, that women of color and any um, anyone of color um, tends to carry. And I'm curious how, if you have noticed any, like if you've been thinking about that topic as, you know, you sort of like work with Chloe and just, just in terms of like, like you just mentioned, like navigating this world of just being human and like feeling comfortable expressing yourself, but also, you know, not taking on too much of like an emotional burden, um, in this world. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to sort of lay the groundwork there for our overarching theme. I know you and I have had a few conversations and there's been a few new encounters, um, since we last recorded, um, that sparked, um, some really great conversations and also just questions, um, between you and I about like, ah, this, this, is this fair? It doesn't feel fair. How can we navigate this? Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I know that we have, (laughs) We've had a lot of conversations recently on trying to figure out, okay, what, what do we talk about next Mm -hmm. (laughs) on our podcast? Mm -hmm. There are so many different things and nuances, Mm -hmm. right. To 
to the sport, but also since our podcast is about what our experience is like as mm-hmm. a, a, not just a woman, but mm-hmm. a woman who is a person of color as well, mm-hmm. right? And how yeah. the ways that we experience the sport and mm-hmm. the so-called community aspect of the sport mm-hmm. is very different mm-hmm. um, than our white peers, mm-hmm. um, like it or not, right? Like that's just the reality in which we exist. And right. so- um, yeah, I think we have a lot that we can touch mm-hmm. upon today that yeah. all kind of tie into this theme yeah. of how, as women of color, we end up needing to carry this invisible yeah. burden mm-hmm. of the whether it's the way that we are then having to respond to mm-hmm. careless remarks mm-hmm. or or very direct yeah. <laughs> um, discriminatory remarks, Mm -hmm. right? Um, How we then, the burden is placed on us to have Mm -hmm. to then keep ourselves emotionally in check or or tiptoe around, you know, not offending the the offender, (laughs) that kind of thing. And and yeah, so yes, let's talk about that. um, Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll start us off. um, You know, I, when we were in Boston at our live show, we had such an, such a wonderful time with our close friend, Myrna. And at the time I had brought up, um, I had told a story about, and it had recently just happened. Um, I think it had happened that same month, um, like just a couple of weeks before I traveled out, um, to stay with you, Carolyn. Um, you know, and I had been approached, well, not approached, like I had like a school administrator run, like tear after me to the point where like, I was super concerned. I thought something was gravely wrong. Um, but it really just came down to like, we don't want you running here um, on like a, a public road. And I had that exact same encounter happen again. Um, it was on, a, it wasn't like near the school that I live by, but it was on a different road that I I used to tack on um, some elevation gain and some mileage on just on my neighborhood loop. Um, and I had a woman um, pull up next to me in a vehicle. She rolled down her window and she told me, she was like, Hey, she's like, you, you can't be running here. This is a private road. And the first, and I, I just, I hate the fact that like, I had to take a deep breath and really like consider like how I responded. Um, but I did, I took a deep breath. I put my sunglasses up on my head and I said, it's not, this is not a private road. <laughs> like I know every single private, well, I didn't, I didn't say, I didn't tell her that I know every private road within a five mile radius of where I live, but it's a very clear public road. In fact, there are access points off of that road for the fire, um, uh, station to access in order to get into a, um, a very large local trail system. Um, there's not any signs listed that it's a private road. And if you look easily, look it up, um, on a County map, it's a public road. Um, and she was very bothered by the fact that I pushed back and said, no, it's not. (laughs) And like, I've never been disruptive. I've also been running on this road for five years now. Um, you know, and she was very visibly, um, you know, just sort of disgusted um, by my pushback by it um, and just sort of glared at me and then, you know, took off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for the rest of my run, and I know, like, I, we've spoken about this before, but it just, it's just another reminder to me that, like, I, by nature, have to know which roads are public and private. And that started in 2020. Mm -hmm. I wasn't so much aware of that um, prior to 2020 and prior to the pandemic. But 
it's a necessity for me to know in order to keep myself safe on runs. And additionally, like, I also don't want to be breaking the law. And like, I don't want to be having encounters that are quite frankly going to like ruin my day. Um, but it's just another reminder too, that like my runs are never just about zoning out, throwing AirPods in, not thinking about anything else and going for a run. Um, and then I sort of have to, carry that burden of that encounter. Um, I'm a very non-confrontational person. I would argue that like most humans are like, I don't think anyone really thrives off of confrontation. (laughs) I'm sure there are some outliers, um, but I really prefer to avoid it. Um, And I've had to work really hard to understand like that being assertive is not being confrontational. Those two are not the same, Um, but it's taken me a really, really long time to work to that point and to actually find my voice, um, that's like not shrinking myself, but it's also not like getting angry and escalating. Um, and I think you've honestly been very helpful in like helping me find that sort of happy medium and just finding my voice in general. Um, but it's like, I'm still thinking about that encounter, you know, and that was a week ago. And like, I still think about the encounter I had at the school and that mm-hmm. was in April. I still mm-hmm. think about the encounter I had with my neighbor's friend and that mm-hmm. was June of 2021. Right. And it's, yeah. I don't think I'll ever forget about those encounters. And I don't think I'll ever forget exactly like what that day was like, what I, I remember what I was wearing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, I think it's just very frustrating that those different encounters are like seared in my mind. And it's just another reminder that like me as a runner is, it's just different. And I can't just go out and zone out and not think about like my surroundings and other people that I'm going to encounter. Um, And I see that on social media too, you know, like we've touched on um, maybe just running media and some of our colleagues like sort of wondering yeah, like how come there's not as much discussion on like purely running um, or, you know, and, and, you know, without like naming any names, these are all very like well-intentioned like humans um, that we care about. Um, But I think it's just another stark contrast to the fact that I think you and I have been on a journey, especially in the last few years of what really is running to us and what is our experience with the sport? How is it different? And, how can we sort of navigate the fact that there's oftentimes a lot more emotion um, and perhaps like this concern for confrontation um, and just feeling like, do I actually belong in this space? Like, even Mm -hmm. though like, yes, I am the runner and this, this woman who pulled up next to me in a vehicle is not a runner, but she's like infringing on like a community that I have identified with and have been a part of for decades now. Um, and just like trying to navigate, like carrying that type of emotion. Um, I won't ramble on too much further, but yeah. No, I mean, you're not first, you're not rambling (laughs) And, and you know, that's, Oh, I'm sorry that that happened yet again. Right. And I know that it's not surprising, of course, Mm -hmm. like you and I know, Mm -hmm. um, and to be clear, I know you're not you're not every day as you're setting out for your run, you're not Mm -hmm. intentionally trying to remember and recall, you know, Mm -hmm. all the times that I've been traumatized while on a run because I intentionally Mm -hmm. want to be focusing on Mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. It's you sincerely are, are simply, you're just trying to get your run in. 
Yeah. You're trying to train for mm-hmm. these big races that you have mm-hmm. coming up. You're mm-hmm. trying to enjoy being outdoors, Yeah, <laughs> you know, in, in, and like be grounded mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally. And, mm-hmm. and just like what you said, you know, like this woman who drove up, she inserted herself right. into your space. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that, is a very like direct and clear and obvious type of way that, mm-hmm. you know, for a person of color, for a woman of color, like mm-hmm. we just, th- this is just a norm in which we have to like learn to adapt to and immediately yeah. just have to like respond to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there are often other ways in which like the context or the setting yeah, is not is, as, is- obvious. Yes. Right? Correct. Correct. Um, and I wanted to share about, you know, recently an mm-hmm. experience I had where I went to the, my first ever, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was a kind of like a social networking professional mm-hmm. type of event, uh, mm-hmm. for specifically for mother mothers who are also entrepreneurs, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's, I think this is a nationwide network. I'm not going to name what organization this is, but it's a nationwide Mm -hmm. organization. And, you know, as with so many of these organizations, I know the intentions and the original, like the, the, the mission and purpose Mm -hmm. of these groups and organizations are very well-intentioned, right? It's Mm -hmm. very positive, wanting Mm -hmm. to support and encourage women, mothers, mm-hmm. and then of course provide a, a safe space for networking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they have these events all over the states, um, you know, in local, it, it, so that you can connect with uh, mother entrepreneurs who are local mm-hmm. to you. And so there was one in Boston, um, and I learned about it from another friend of mine, um, mm-hmm. Ashley Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And um, she is a black woman mother mm-hmm. who has for many years now, she, I mean, she works to basically decolonize the, sure. the fitness space in the fitness yep. industry, you know, mm-hmm. primarily focusing on Boston here. Mm-hmm. Um, and she herself, I mean, she does so many different things um, on top of also being a fitness instructor as well. Sure. And so she was there and I, that's how I learned of the event. Um, mm-hmm. And it was definitely out of my comfort zone to even mm. go because mm-hmm, first mm-hmm. of all, yes, I have huge imposter syndrome. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to like, am I, am I an entrepreneur? Am I like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. does, am I anyone mm-hmm. beyond a stay at home mom? Right. <laughs> That's constantly this like sure. insecurity of mine that mm-hmm. I already felt like, okay, you know what, Carolyn, stop talking down about yourself and yeah, get right. out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was very much out of my comfort zone to even show up in mm-hmm. this, at this event, I had my yoga mat ready to, you know, <laughs> ready to connect with everyone over brunch. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to do a whole yoga session together afterwards. And, mm-hmm. um, and dur- like during the first 15 minutes, honestly, mm-hmm. of the, the brunch mm-hmm. social time together, as I was, uh, getting to know the women who were seated at my table. Mm-hmm. Um, the first woman, you know, she, she shared about how she, uh, she does, she, she helps local pop-up activations, you know, mm-hmm. for different groups. And so, um, 
she actually helped the pioneers, the pioneer run crew, mm-hmm. you know, secure their, uh, their pop-up space for the Boston marathon, you know, mm. during that whole week. And, okay. um, and then, so when she learned that I am a runner and she learned about diverse, we run and mm-hmm. the reason, you know, why I, um, do what I do, she got really excited and was like, mm-hmm. Oh, do you know, Sid, do you know, um, about the pioneers? Mm-hmm. And she actually was the one who then, made reference to what happened this year mm. at mile 21, sure. you know, with the police showing up in full mm-hmm. force. Right. Um, and so she brought that up and was like, Oh yeah. You know, did you, and I I'm so sorry. Like she was very apologetic, right. Mm-hmm. About what happened mm-hmm. when she alluded to that. Um, and I was agreeing with her sure. and then the other woman. So the third woman who, or second, mm. third woman who is seated at the table next to mm-hmm. me, She, so she spoke up Mm. and apparently, so her husband is a part of Newton PD and she then started on this whole spiel about how, oh, her husband was there that day. And actually Mm. there was another altercation that, that happened right next door to where the cheer station was. Mm. And that's actually what the police were responding to. But, you know, Mm. they're not allowed to, they weren't allowed to talk more publicly about it. And isn't Mm. it interesting isn't it interesting what the media chooses to share Hmm. and focus more on when there are two sides to the story and she literally Hmm. was talking that way and she kept Hmm. saying isn't it interesting how like a condescending tone to you and the other woman yeah and I wanted to be like uh I was I was part of that media, you know, and I was there. We were there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and also like, just to like, I I don't know if we ever brought this up, but like, I remember like, yes, we were there and we were also wearing our, um, diversity, our diverse. Yeah. (laughs) In diversity, we trust hats. And we were getting a lot of looks from police like around us sort of like being like, huh, are they going to start like protesting or start a ruckus? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, just want to pop in there. Yeah, no, I, 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 of course, like when she, when she first said what she said, yeah. I was like, okay, you know, I mean, I, I was there and I have friends who were there and mm-hmm. my friend was the one who took video of right. what happened and he sent it to me and asked me to share it mm-hmm. on my plat, my social media platform, yeah. which I mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And it was not it was not a, oh, the media is trying to spin it (laughs) a certain way Mm -hmm. to create some kind of false narrative. Mm -hmm. And she just kept double, she just doubled down on, Mm. isn't it interesting how there is, there's actually this other side that apparently Mm. is, wasn't the police, the good guys, you know, weren't allowed Mm. to talk about more. Mm. And, you know, there was so much I wanted to be like, okay, first of all, the police records are are all public records. Mm-hmm. And, and so yeah. whatever, and you can access it, which I did, mm-hmm. you know, and it like, there was no other report on some sure. kind of altercation next mm-hmm. door. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, you know, yeah. I was so shocked that she clearly she took her stand, you know, mm. on what she believed was true, whether it mm. was because her husband 
told her that and she trusts and believes her husband or because mm-hmm. they both fully believe that there always has to be this other side and that, mm-hmm. you know, there is no way that, you know, black and brown people could be disproportionately profiled, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, right. or what. But regardless, mm-hmm. I mean, the uh, the first woman who even brought up the mm-hmm. Boston Marathon, um, she was speechless. She didn't she had nothing to say. And yeah. I was just like, OK, you know what? Um, why don't we change the topic? And yeah. then and then we right. change the topic to something else. Sure. But, you know the entire rest of the event, Mm -hmm. I had to be the one then who's sitting there, like having to talk myself down, having Mm -hmm. to then kind of almost like all of your emotions, keep hold it together. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, then when it came time to the actual like large group introductions where Mm -hmm. everyone went around to share who they were and what Mm -hmm. they what they do, what they created, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, you know, like I said who I was and I said why I created Diverse We Run, because Mm -hmm. clearly Mm -hmm. as a person of color, you know, Mm -hmm. as a non-white person, Mm -hmm. our experience in the sport is mm-hmm. different. It's yeah. very different, right? Yeah. And it continues to impact our race, our ethnicity, mm-hmm. our cultural background. It mm-hmm. continues to shape how mm-hmm. we experience the sport, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ongoing. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I, I fully, I, I said that. And then, you know, my friend Ashley, who that she also gave her introduction, you know, she said, she talked about how she actively works to decolonize the the fitness industry. So, Mm -hmm. you know, then I'm just kind of wondering like, okay, so what is this woman thinking, you know, um, as she hears, as she hears what we say that we're doing, is she Mm -hmm. then like discounting, discrediting immediately, you know, like our work or our Mm -hmm. business per se, Mm -hmm. right? Like there are a lot of there are a lot of doors then that could be closing potentially. Yeah, Not that sure. I'm necessarily concerned about that. I'm just, I feel right. like in the big picture. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then to know that, like, I had to continue to share space with her, you know, yeah. as we, as we went into a time of yoga yeah, and, right. mm-hmm. and, and then it's just on me. Like I had not, I had up until, you know, this conversation too. I have not yeah. like publicly talked about that experience. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And because also the question is like, what's what's the point? What's the purpose? Right. Right. Of talking mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And and but I was reminded of this experience recently when mm-hmm. um when there was a podcast episode put out by mm-hmm. Ambie Burfoot. You know, yep. uh, I think yeah. it's called State of the Run. Yeah. And um, he interviewed Jack Fleming, the mm-hmm. president of the BA- BAA. Yep. And um, and I only made was only made aware of this by because Allison Desir had shared about this episode mm-hmm. in her Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jack F- Fleming was asked about um, what happened this past mm-hmm. year, you know, um, at mile 21. And. And disappointingly, again, not surprisingly, but still disappointingly, right? right? Yeah. Um, he did not acknowledge or identify. Identify, yeah. That's a good Right? Like the term. fact mm-hmm. that the reason the police were even called was mm-hmm. because of racial profiling, you know? Yes. Newton is a very, very affluent white, yes. white town. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this was the second year in a row that police mm-hmm. were called. Mm-hmm to 
control, you know, the, I guess, rowdiness of the only black and brown cheer Mm -hmm. group along the entire race course, you know, despite the fact that there are drunk college students all Mm -hmm. around, there are Mm -hmm. people traipsing across the court. Like we, we've talked about this already on on our previous episodes, right? Yep. Like that, there, that was an uncalled for response yes by residents and police you Mm -hmm. know um that is connected to race at the very least oh we have to acknowledge that I think yeah and I think I think the really frustrating part is that our overarching goal here is like including like this podcast and like our conversations it's not to further a divide it's not Mm -hmm. by any means but there has to be an acknowledgement and identifying that racism and racial profiling and the fact that certain situations are treating are treated vastly differently based on the dem- the demographic and mm-hmm. like the culture of people. Um, I know I texted you this immediately um, and I'll, I'll touch on a, a lot of the things that you mentioned, including like the the microaggressions as well as like the macroaggressions that you experienced. I'm in that um, entrepreneurial group, but um, just building off of what you mentioned, what, you know, we're talking about like the pioneers, um, you know, getting the police force called on them at mile 21 during the Boston marathon. I texted you immediately when I was following the coverage of UTMB. Um, and I really, really appreciated that it was addressed um, by a wonderful organization called Pro Trail Runners Association. They did put up a post about it. Um, they more so addressed the environmental impact, which I'm in complete agreement with as well, um, because like we like we mentioned on our previous episode, um, these are intersectional conversations here. Mm-hmm. Everything is connected. You cannot look at any type of issue, any type of major uh, topic that's like looming in our country and in this world right now without addressing how it's connected to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I was following the coverage of UTMB, of course, as a trail and ultra runner myself, I love seeing like more fans get involved and more attention be, be shown on the sport. I love that. I love that it's getting them that there's so many different media outlets now. Um, it's wonderful. Um, but, you know, seeing Courtney um, DeWalter and Jim Walmsley come through, you know, at the front of the pack. And I'm I'm honestly drawing a blank at like what what specific like aid station this was at. Um, but, you know, there's a there's huge, huge crowds to the point where they I mean, they were being so rowdy. Media was like zooming in on them, on them, like chanting, like, you know, shirts off. It's like, you know, I don't it was like 10 a.m. maybe like local time. At, you know, clearly everyone's drinking like and everyone's just so hyped up. And you look at the photos, you look at the coverage and it's like, you know, I mean, they were definitely like they weren't like the runners weren't the two front runners weren't able to run through there. They were crowding the runners, grabbing at them, making a huge ruckus. And all I could think of, like my initial reaction wasn't like, Oh, this is so incredible for the sport. Unfortunately, my initial reaction was, isn't this what, you know, and on a much lesser scale too, Mm -hmm. like, isn't this what pioneers um, and trailblazers was doing at the Boston marathon Mm -hmm. and like some of the arguments we heard about it. Well, they were, they had a confetti, um, you know, cannon cannon. and it, Mm -hmm. and it was like on the ground and it was a hazard and they were, they were running after Des Linden. Um, and I'm like this, like, I didn't even see the trail. They were like totally crowding it. I mean, the, the photos are just insane. You, it's difficult to even pick out like Jim or Courtney or Zach coming through. Like, it's hard to tell like where they are. It's just this huge mass of people. Um, and like I said, pro trail owners association, 
did address it and was like, Hey, like just as a reminder to like, there are huge environmental impacts and like, in terms of like, you know, like not like stepping on, like really, um, like, um, I don't want to say like endangered, like, um, like plant life and things like mm-hmm. that. But I mean, like you, you really, these areas like have to be protected. So they addressed that aspect of it, um, which was also on my mind. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really frustrating to me that like that gets shown in such a positive light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, gosh, if these were, if this was a group of all black and brown people, like mm-hmm. how, how would the perception be different here? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not European. This is also like over like in Europe and different countries. So I'm not fully well-versed like on like, um, you know, just the relationships with like p- police and things like that. Um, but if maybe we just assume that was happening like here at, at Western States or something like that um, and how that may have been dealt differently based on the fact that these were all white people, you mm-hmm. know, in France, Italy, you know, and it's it's frustrating to me that we saw what happened at the Boston Marathon and it's the, the treatment is just so vastly different. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, and also just your entire like description of that encounter at that entrepreneurial um, meetup. I think the frustrating thing too is that it's... <laughs> it impacts like all of your decisions moving forward. It, it mm-hmm. impacts like how comfortable you feel in that environment. You already mentioned like it was tough for you to be like, okay, like I'm going to attend this. Like, and then when something like that happens, it just, it really furthers the divide there. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you and I were talking about this previously, but it's hard when the burden of like bridging this gap and like, you know, we, we see it like we see these phrases thrown out so often on social media too. anytime, like a, a sort of like, I don't want to say an altercation, but like, you know, folks are discussing a topic and someone's like, but I am doing a lot of good. Like, how can you say that, that I'm not? And, and then you just see like a barrage of others, like in support of it and being like, Hey, like we need, everyone needs to be unified here. Like we need to come together. And it's unfortunate that that sort of like, that step towards like meeting the quote other side halfway, that burden tends to always seem to fall on people of color and the marginalized group. Um, whereas you and I were saying like, should it even be 50, 50, you know, like, <laughs> is, is that like taking into context of like our country's history and, and everything, like, why should that burden always fall on like, say you in the, in that instance where you had to like gather everything and be like, okay, now I have to not be like cognizant of what, of my words, but it's on my mind now because now I'm aware of this person who totally disagrees with like my experience, like, and I was an experience that I was there in person for, um, as well as like considering like, and an extension of that, does she just totally discredit the work that I'm doing as well? And now this doesn't necessarily feel like a safe place, a safe place, mm-hmm. um, I've encountered that like in the workplace too. I think I've mentioned it before where like I had someone who mentioned that it they, she just thought it was so wonderful um, that she would never think that I was Asian um, and that like that was a good thing to her, um, you know, and she truly didn't see that. Why would she say that? Okay, yeah. Sorry. You know, um, and so that, you know, and so I, I associate like those encounters and like those types of conversations, like, and my initial instinct with that is like, I just, 
I want to back away. And like, I don't mm-hmm. ever want to put myself in that position again. Like, I don't want to yeah. keep continue having those experiences. Yeah. I don't want to feel like, like I'm like less than, or like in that, using that example, like I felt like, Hey, wait a minute. Like the gold standard isn't like being white passing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, like that's mm-hmm. not a compliment to me. Like mm-hmm. I'm very proud of like my heritage and, and who I come from. Um, but I didn't always feel that way. Like when I was a teenager, certainly like I would say up and down, like, Oh no, no, I like uh, my, my, I'm just mixed race, but I would never mm-hmm. say that. No, I'm like proudly like Chinese American. And now, now to my understanding, Chinese Japanese American, I would never say that. And I would never like utilize that as an identifier. Um, but yeah, it's just so frustrating to me that there are all these types of, like we said, these invisible to others like Mm -hmm. burdens um that we carry and it just it impacts all of our decisions down the line of showing up to those meetings again putting yourself in that vulnerable position yeah Yeah. and it definitely impacts the longevity that people have Mm -hmm. in the sport um, yeah. And I'm really glad that actually, you know, in the recent years, there's been a an increase in running crews and mm-hmm. the, the culture of run crews specifically mm-hmm. because yes. of the exclusionary nature yeah. mm-hmm. um, that running has, you know, historically had. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely it's discouraging because mm-hmm. so, you know, going back to the whole um, how Jack Fleming didn't actually yeah. name the name problem mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um so our our friend remy remy mm-hmm. he's the one who took the video in the first place you know yeah. and, um of what had happened and you know the aftermath of that there were he was put uh, through a lot of different interviews by a mm-hmm. lot of different you know new sources yeah. all of that stuff right um, it was a lot yeah it was a lot definitely mm-hmm. a lot for him and it definitely impacted his mental mm-hmm. mental well-being mental health mm-hmm. and um, he and I went on a few runs after that just to like decompress, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, like yeah. be there. Mm-hmm. I-, I wanted to be there for him. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he saw the recent Instagram stories about things. And, you know, he told me like, uh, unfortunately, like he's decided based on the aftermath and the continued basic like silence. Right. Yeah by the BAA, um, on, on things. Um, he doesn't, he's not going to go back to, to cheer during the marathon anymore, you know? Mm. Um, like, like why, why he told me this Haitian quote and now now I can't Mm. remember it, but, um, Mm. he was just saying, there's this like proverb, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just talking about like, why would you go back and put yourself in the same situations that, Mm. that hurt you and cause you harm. Yeah. Um, which totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, from the black and brown communities, then Mm -hmm. like there, this is their conclusion as well. Right. Just like what you Mm -hmm. were saying earlier, how like your, your default reaction is Mm -hmm. to like kind of back away from those types of situations. You want to protect your peace. Mm-hmm. You want to protect yep. yourself, keep yourself safe. Mm-hmm. And so then what, right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so this is the, this is the struggle. I think, you know, mm-hmm. that, that we have to work through that we have to carry and that I want, I want our white peers to acknowledge mm-hmm. and recognize, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. like, because we can't, we can't make anything different. We can't change what we don't right. name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so the whole like the uh, the people who are saying, you know, we need to just all be united. Let's not mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. race, mm-hmm. you know, with the belief that like race is somehow the race itself is the device is the issue. Is, right? Yeah, is yeah, the issue. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like being colorblind, not talking about race, not talking about mm-hmm. how race has mm-hmm. influenced Mm-hmm. the way our whole entire society has been built up and mm-hmm. how the sport of running is a microcosm of this society. Yeah. Like if we yeah. don't acknowledge that and address that, then mm-hmm. yeah, then nothing's ever going to change. And right. we're just going to continue to have these, these like initiatives that we've seen put on by different organizations of like diversity, right. Diversity mm-hmm. initiatives that are mm-hmm. like breakthrough. Yay. But we're just going to continue to see that it's actually not very diverse and in fact still only catering to Mm -hmm. white women or white men and women. And then, Mm -hmm. and that's it. Right. And we can't, we can't keep believing that Mm -hmm. when we, uh, that even just bringing up the notion of intersectionality, Mm -hmm. when we talk about diversity and inclusion is itself a divisive thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like naming it and identifying it, it was reminding me of when, again, I'm going to bring up our good friend, Emily here, but um, when we were in Boston and she asked, and it was such a great question because I had never really asked myself that question before. And she had asked, what would you have wanted mm-hmm. your neighbor to do in that situation? And again, like the the context of the situation actually is sort of like, I want to say it's irrelevant, but it's not like the biggest issue there. Even just asking that question, like, what would you, how do you want like someone to respond like in, in the face of, you know, like a racist encounter or even like you mentioned, like the Andy Burfoot um, and Jack Fleming conversation is just the identifying and the acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. And my response was like, actually, I didn't want my neighbor to like come to my defense and get angry. I, that's not what I wanted. I just wanted her to look me in the eye. And like mm-hmm. acknowledge me for a human being and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that is like equal to her and that like no one was harassing her in that moment. And if they were, then I like my knee jerk reaction would have been to acknowledge her and and stand up. Um, and I think that's it's like such a fundamental like human um, like interaction and like desire um, just to have like connection and to be seen and like just validated. Um, we're, we're not really like in that moment, I really wasn't wanting anything more than that. Um, which also brings me to, um, I definitely wanted to touch on the recent, um, social media encounter that I had, um, that then I shared with you, um, just about someone mixing us up, um, in a very like bizarre and like, like quite frankly, a very like obvious way. Um, I just think that that was so strange. Um, so for all our listeners, um, again, I'm not going to name this individual. Um, but I had someone who is following me on social media. Um, I had reshared, um, a wonderful reel that you, Carolyn shared about, um, recently going to the Newberry street Lululemon store, um, with your family, um, with Chloe, Josh, and Jimmy and, um, seeing your new, um, store ambassador photo up on the wall. Um, yeah. And just talking about like, the, the meaning of it, how much like representation truly matters. I know you shared a really heartfelt story too about um, a classmate of Joshua's um, who had seen it as well. Um, so anyways, long story short, I had reshared that reels um, and I had clearly said in it, I was like, I'm so proud of Carolyn, like representation matters. 
And again, like um, it was very obvious too that it was like your like it was reshared. Like it had your yeah. name, your handle on it. Um, I never said like, "Hi, this is me with my family." <laughs> I also don't have children. Um, know, you know, know. Um, we're two completely different humans. Um, anyways, um, so this woman reached out, and she um very clearly was like responding to me as if I was Carolyn, and that wouldn't have been like the, the biggest deal. It's just that the message was actually quite long. Um, and the message intent behind it was very much focused on her, um, and, and her accomplishments, um, and what's like going on in her life. Um, and I had to like, really think about how I was going to respond. Like I had a few options there. I considered just not responding. Cause I actually was, I don't follow this individual. So it just went into my, um, like DM requests. Um, I try to like stay on top of those. Um, I considered just not responding. And I was like, no, I should. Um, so I sent a response and it was, it had an exclamation mark. And like, I tried to make it sound friendly. And then I texted you, you know, and I was like, hey, do you know this person? Cause like, it could have just been a total like accident kind of thing. And I thought, oh, maybe she's a part of your Boston community and just like responded accidentally. Uh, that wasn't the case. Um, and then I had to sort of like process with you. Like, I was like, wait, no, like I shouldn't have responded like that. I was too, like, I don't want to say I was nice. too friendly, but yeah, yeah you yeah. know? And mm -hmm. so then I unsent it because, um, you know, she hadn't read it yet. And then I just sent a little bit more. It wasn't rude by any means, but it was just more of an assertive response that I've been really working hard on. Um, and just underscoring the fact that like you and I are two completely different humans. Um, and, it's really quite rude to just like respond to someone because like they're Asian, like they're an Asian American female and just like assuming that like, like that, you know, who they are. Um, I don't know. And I, it just, I was really trying to think like beyond like the actual fact that it was annoying and very like quite rude, but I'm like, why also is this bothering me so much? And I think it comes down to like, the fact that like being an ally or like being like committed to like real tangible change isn't just following someone on social media like that doesn't make everything okay you know mm -hmm. um I don't know and then you and I were sort of processing this whole like bizarre cir mental circus that I was going yes. through about like how to respond to this person and again, I could have just chosen to ignore it. Like, and that maybe, I don't know, maybe would have saved me, but I don't, I don't think it would have honestly, because I still, it still would have been on my mind. I would have been thinking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this person yeah. turned this encounter, like not only like mixed us up, but like decided to send the DM and then elongated the message to be completely centered around her and what's going on in her life. Um, I don't know. It was just so frustrating to me. And that's the dilemma. Right. Yeah. That's that's mm -hmm. the invisible load that yeah. we have of like you get a message like that. Mm -hmm. And so you're <laughs> in your mind, you're already thinking through like, OK, do I respond? Mm -hmm. I don't want to respond because that's exhausting to have yep. to do that. But then mm -hmm. if I don't respond, am mm -hmm. I just reinforcing this? Like, yeah this way of thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't seem, <laughs> that doesn't seem right to do either. Mm -hmm. I should at least respond to disrupt that, that, yep. <laughs> that wrong thinking. And then when you're responding and typing up your message, you're also like, okay, you're like this default mode of operating is to be very nice because mm -hmm. you don't want to, you know, offend, but then you're mm -hmm. like, no, why, why should I try to coddle this? <laughs> right the white gaze essentially yeah. right 
Right. And then, and then you have to unsend the message and then you like yep. send a more assertive message. And mm-hmm. then you're, you know, like it's this, it's the second guessing of yourself yeah. as well. And then mm-hmm. like mentally coaching yourself yeah. Yeah. to have to be like, no, no, this is, mm-hmm. this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assert my voice here because my yeah. voice is valid, all of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even for me, at, after I shared, <laughs> after I shared <laughs> yeah. the, like about the whole interaction on my social Mm -hmm. media in my stories Mm -hmm. you know I was also like gaslighting myself (laughs) am I making a mountain out of a molehill am I like making too big of a deal Mm -hmm. out of this no no Mm -hmm. no it's not it's not too big of a deal like well it is a big deal and it's not like that big a deal but it's a big deal enough you know like talking through all of this and then being Mm -hmm. like you know it's 10 p.m over here in Boston time like yeah I just want to go to sleep I did Mm -hmm. not expect to within less than 24 hours you know of Mm -hmm. me sharing this reel that I myself have mixed feelings about because I don't like being in the spotlight in the first Mm -hmm. place but Mm -hmm. but again trying to do something out of my comfort zone because Mm -hmm. of this bigger picture of representation Mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth and like less than 24 hours after sharing this, like someone confuses me with the other Asian friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. this is this is the story of my childhood. This is yeah. the story of Chloe's childhood, Chloe, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of this. And like, this is the fear that mm-hmm. people of color have, you know, yeah. in, in regards to safety mm-hmm. as well. You know, like when we're out somewhere, are we going to mm-hmm. be mistaken? I, I mean, and I'm not saying this. I'm not a black man. You know what I mean? Like being out and then being confused or mistaken for Mm -hmm. whatever suspect. Right. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stuff like this just all ties in to Mm -hmm. this whole, like, I think colorblind issue, the problem of colorblindness, right. Mm -hmm. Of like Mm -hmm. not seeing us as humans, like individual as unique. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, we're not a monolith. Um, and yeah, I remember on um, one of the um, Asian American runners um, collective calls that we've had, I think it was a really great topic that was brought up about how um, like particularly like Asian culture, but like um, it, it's very common, like across like um, people of color and different cultures, but we're not given that sort of, I don't want to say like satisfaction, but like that privilege of having uniqueness. It's mm. where it's like, we're like you said, it's like, oh yeah, she's the Asian friend or, yeah. mm-hmm. or even, um, so I have two older sisters. Um, we have different moms. Um, so they're technically my half sisters. We were, we were raised as, you know, siblings um, my whole life, but I, I'll never forget this. Um, when one of my sisters was getting married, um, a few years back, we were, um, you know, the entire, entire like bridal party and everything was like walking down the aisle. We're like getting all set up before my sister came down and I heard someone, I heard, I like someone like in the audience, like loudly whispered and said, Oh, that's, I think that's Stephanie, the Asian sister. And I heard that. Oh, and like gosh. at the time, at the time I like thought, I just thought it was like ridiculous and like, just sort of like funny. Um, but in hindsight now it's like, like that's the identifier there like you know and so we don't mm-hmm. and the conversation that we had with that with the Asian American Runners Collective was just so wonderful because I hadn't really stopped to think about that how it is a privilege like to be like white and have like the fact that like you're not like defined by like your race or your culture like mm-hmm. often and you mm-hmm. have that privilege and that ability 
to like have like uniqueness like mm-hmm. as just like mm-hmm. a human whereas mm-hmm. like we're so just often like lumped together like like oh yeah like you're the Asian one or like yeah like you're the Asian sister the Asian friend and like mm-hmm. it, you're just viewed as this monolith and that's mm-hmm. like your defining factor um, and it is such a like it's a privilege to not have that be your identifier yeah um, so yeah yeah <laughs> That reminds me of this clip of The Daily Show. Have you seen it? It's been going Mm. around with Ali Wong. Um, She's talking with Trevor Noah. Mm. I don't know how old. This must have been an old uh, conversation and interview because she was dressed in her um, striped baby cobra dress. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, When she, I think maybe she had, I think she was still maybe pregnant. Yeah. I think she was still pregnant. But the point is, so she was talking about an encounter that she had with mm-hmm. another white male comedian who mm. was, I mean, just being incredibly rude um, uh, in the thing yeah. and condescending in the things that he was saying mm. to her. But one of the things he said was, well, you know, you're, you're a woman and you're a minority. So you have those things going for you, basically implying like, that's mm. the only reason why she's getting the mm-hmm. attention that she's getting. Mm-hmm. And her response was, yeah, because historically that's been a winning combo. Right. You know? Exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh gosh, yeah, that's a really great point. Oh my gosh, um, yeah, I see. I so feel like good. I see that. I see that argument like happening a lot, and I'm yeah. like, I'm like the issue there, like when it's like okay, like when you have a bad day, like you cannot, you can like go home, you can like regroup, like you and I like are unable to change the shape of our eyes, mm. like for, you know, first, like for some of our friends, like that are black like they're unable to just lighten their skin color and shed that and you know go on with a different day or a different encounter um yeah and I I think it's just it's this constant theme here um Mm -hmm. and a a certainly a work in progress um that we'd love to continue to see change being made within yeah so this conversation or this episode is primarily us <laughs> being able to share in our yeah. our experiences here, right. um, but hopefully also to help help people, our listeners, mm-hmm. um, to acknowledge and understand uh, truly the different load and the the things yeah. that people of color do need to carry as we're mm-hmm. trying to simply mm-hmm. lace up and go for a run you know, exactly. and exist in yeah. the same space in the, mm-hmm. in this so-called running community, you know, yeah. on social media, in mm-hmm. person, in group runs at mm-hmm. major marathon races, we're simply yeah. trying to exist and enjoy yeah. and be a part of this, you know, mm-hmm. with the same ease. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, But, you know, that's not a reality. And mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's important that we identify that yeah. It's okay that we identify the actual problem, even if, mm-hmm. it, if it may feel uncomfortable, but let us yeah. mistake that discomfort for being the yeah. actual problem. Oh, you know? yes. A hundred percent. So, um, but yeah, so um, as we wrap up, I <laughs> think I actually was thinking maybe we can share um, something that we're thankful for mm. this week and maybe yeah. anything that we're looking forward to in the upcoming week or so. Mm. just to end yeah. things on a <laughs> a lighter a note. note yeah well 
excuse me. Um, I'll just say I am very, I'm grateful for health. Honestly. Um, it's been, you know, for our listeners or anyone that follows me on social media, it's been a pretty challenging year for me, um, health wise. Um, and I finally acknowledged just the fact that, um, like my, I mean, I have acknowledged this much earlier, um, and a few like writings that I've put out, but, um, just acknowledging that like, I anticipated my trajectory back to like full health, like full physical health and full and getting back to like where I wanted to be with my fitness and everything like that. Um, it's never a linear process as we know, but I think I finally acknowledged just the toll, um, that grief really takes on you, um, mentally, obviously, and emotionally, but just physically too. And that I've really had to be patient with myself this year. Um, and I've never, you know, I've never really gone through, you know, almost a full year of like health. I don't want to say struggles. I've had certainly like, um, you know, consecutive months of like very regular training. Um, but it's just been a challenging, a challenging past, I would say like 10, nine to 10 months or so for me. So any day that I have, that's where I'm like healthy. I'm not like having any discomfort or like, or anything like that. Um, I'm just really, really grateful for, um, and I certainly never, never take those days for granted. Um, and yeah, I, what I'm looking forward to, um, next weekend, I'm hopping into my first, um, like significantly longer race, um, in a year. Um, so I'm, I'm racing a 50 miler, um, on my way to a hundred miler at the end of October. Um, and yeah, finally feeling like closer and closer, um, and now like back, um, to my normal self. Um, but it's, it's been a process. Um, and I think I also realized, even though I'm very excited to be like back to racing and things like that. Um, I had a moment earlier this summer where I just realized that really like all that matters to me and what like it really comes down to is I just want to be able to enjoy the outdoors and go for a run um, with my husband Mitchell mm -hmm. um, and like be with our dogs and at the end of the day that's what truly matters to me um, and like racing and like the performance goals as important as they are to me because it like it, it is currently like my full-time job um, those really are icing on the cake um and it's not a trade-off of being like, oh, I'm not taking this competitive or like elite mindset. It's not. It's you can still have those goals there and you can still be very focused on them just with the understanding that they don't define you and mm -hmm. they don't define me. Um, and I think that's just been the journey that I've been on this year. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to put all of those pieces together um, because I think that I'm in a really great space to now perform almost freely um, because I've let go of that pressure and just having a very supportive sponsor, uh, sponsors, um, and just ha having that like agency to really just follow my heart and truly like be exactly who I am. Um, I'm excited about that and I'm excited to put all those pieces together. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. I'm excited yeah. for you. I mean, that <laughs> Thank sounds... you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's but the, what are, yeah. What's the 50 miler that you're doing? Yeah, it's a local one um, here um, in it's actually just in Lakewood, Colorado. So I live about 30 minutes, uh, as you know, um, West. It's it's held um, at it's called uh, the Bear Chase. Um, they have a bunch of different distances. So I'm running the 50 miler this year. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. Wait, so then does Mitchell go out to crew you? for that you need a yeah. crew right still for yeah miles. yeah okay. um he'll just be probably handing me bottles and whatnot but yeah okay. like no pacers or anything like that so oh, yeah it'll it'll be a good opportunity for me to work through a longer day um since mm. like I said it, it's been a bit so 
I can't even, I can't even <laughs> comprehend that. I'm like, and especially since you run such long distances, I'm mm -hmm. like, is a 50 mile race the same to you as like a 10 K race for me? I don't right. know. <laughs> it's still a like, long I've day. i a few bottles here and there. <laughs> yeah. It'll still be a long day, but, um, but yeah, I I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to, um, sort of like work through like mental challenges, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, that's, I do enjoy that aspect of the sport, even if sometimes in the moment I'm like, no, I don't, I hate this. Why am I doing this? <laughs> um, but no, it'll be a good opportunity, but yeah, excited. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> how right. about you? Yeah. What are you thankful for? Yeah. I, I think especially as I was saying, you know, school just started, um, last week for whatever reason, I think, I've felt the sense of community mm -hmm. a lot stronger in the mm -hmm. last couple of weeks, maybe because all parents are like finding, <laughs> finding company in misery. No, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, I think just with the start of things again, it feels like, uh, the beginning of another chapter mm -hmm. of, of our lives of mm -hmm. the year. And I just, I like that. And, mm -hmm. um, I've been really grateful for the online community mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> here. Um, but also, um, within we've been attending this, uh, a new church community, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. for the last almost two years now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, we've had our, our trauma and, sure. um, you know, pains, uh, from, mm -hmm. from previous, the previous church that we were a part of, but, mm. um, we really, I, I've really appreciated our current church, this new church family that we've been a part of where they, they've just given us the time and space that we need to process, mm. to move, you know, along mm -hmm. as we need. There's been no pressure to have to like do anything honestly mm. or be anything. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, we just recently joined, uh, or started visiting, I, I should say like a small fellowship group, mm -hmm. um, uh, with other, uh, other families and it was good. It was just really oh, good. good and healing, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to spend a Monday evening together and, mm -hmm. and have dinner and to like, just share and mm -hmm. pray for each other and mm -hmm. just be. So yeah. that's something I've been really grateful for. Mm. Um, and something that I haven't had in a few mm. years that mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily realize I had been missing. So mm. yeah, that's what I'm, I've been thankful for. And, mm. um, what I'm looking forward to is this weekend, Joshua is going to have his first cross country meet. Yay! Oh my gosh. That's ah! so exciting. Aww. Oh man. I I'm like, I think he's home from school right now. And so I don't know if he can hear <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> I'm like, clearly more excited about things that he is. Oh. Well, maybe he is excited. And he's not showing it yeah. yet, but, um, yeah, this is our family's first foray in cross country. Aww. So I'm honestly learning everything as he's learning them. I don't yeah. know what to expect in a cross country mm -hmm. meet. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a parents meeting this evening before mm -hmm. their, um, before their practice. And mm -hmm. I'm hoping that we'll get for it more information, but yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, he's only 10. And so mm -hmm. there's definitely, it's not like there's this like huge pressure or anything sure. um, to perform in any way. I just, mm -hmm. I just want this to be a fun experience for him. And, um, and I want to be supportive of mm -hmm. him. And um, my parents are actually coming in town this weekend as well. Nice. So then they'll That'll get to exciting. witness it too. Aww. And um, so 
yeah. So if you guys think about about it, <laughs> send us good vibes. Um, yeah. Oh, he's going to yeah. do great. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, this seems like a good place to end um, our sixth episode. Thank you so much to everyone for joining us here at the Making Strides podcast. Again, I'm your co-host, Stephanie Flippin. This is Carolyn Sue. We are so grateful to have you guys here with us. Um, please listen, rate, subscribe, um, leave us a positive review if you're enjoying these conversations. You can find us on all major uh, podcast platforms now, correct? Um, yeah, so we should be easy to find out there. And yeah, we look forward to our next conversation. Be well, everyone. Thanks. Bye.